Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Everybody, um, last week um, I kind of started a series on being reliant on the Spirit to discern things right now. And, um, and I spoke on, um, in Corinthians, Corinthians 2, where Paul was talking about where he is not um, able to be reliant on his natural abilities anymore, because Paul was a very, uh, very, very astute, very learned, and he understood the law. He was being prepared to be the lead Pharisee, and in that, he had a brilliant mind, and he had a, an understanding of things that, that far exceeded many, many people. But then, then came the day when Jesus visited him and rocked his world. And he was mightily transformed, born anew, given a new life in Jesus. And, and in this new life in Christ, he was having to be reliant on the Holy Spirit to lead him, to be spiritually minded and not earthly minded. And that is so important because right now, in the chaos of everything that's going on around us, it is very difficult to discern things in the natural realm. It's just, it's just everything is confusing. Everything seems upside down. It just doesn't feel peaceful. It doesn't feel like, you know, there's, there's any joy. It's like there is, there is so much going on in the airways right now that if we try to mentally figure things out right now, it can be to our demise and, and to be even manipulated to not even understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus, the simple gospel of Jesus. So in that, I want to be on this, stay on this theme of being reliant on the Spirit, so this will be part two. So I want you to go with me to Ephesus, and I want to look at the first uh, chapter in Ephesus. And I'm telling you, if there was ever a book that needs to be read for us right now, it's the book of Ephesus. Paul is laying the groundwork, and he's, he's laying things out for the body of Christ to be able to walk out their lives successfully here on this earth. So I want to encourage you that if you want to just take some time, let um, Ephesus, the Ephesians be the book that you meditate on, that you spend time in, and that you really begin to hear what the Lord is saying through the Apostle Paul. When, when Paul speaks to Ephesus, when he writes to them, it was inspired because there were many witches, witchcraft was very prevalent in Ephesus. And and he preached the gospel, the good news, to them such that it says that the, the, the witches, they, they came and they burned all of their spell books. It says this in Acts 19. And in that, there was, it says it was um, very costly. It was a very large amount of money that was uh, basically burned uh, their spell books. And this is one of the reasons why Paul was inspired by the Spirit to write to the church of Ephesus because there was a great repentance and a turning to Jesus. 
and having their eyes open to the truth. So let's start with um, Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. That is so beautiful. But this is such an incredible promise given to us that every spiritual blessing is available to us from the heavenly realm as a gift because God sees us wrapped in Jesus. He sees us born anew in Christ. And, and because of that, we have access to the Father. We have access to all the blessings that we need in Christ Jesus. And this is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. Verse 4, and he chose us to be his very own, joining, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes, with an unstained innocence. This is an incredible thought, that God has chosen us to be adopted into the family of God before the foundation of the world. If anybody would, would ever think, you know, does God really like me? Does he really understand me? Does he, does he like the way he's made me? Does he really have a purpose for me? Before you were made, before the foundation of the world, God chose you. He sees you as valuable. He sees you as, uh, as, as an amazing individual that he's created and formed. He's had thought for your life. And it's amazing thought that he chose us before the foundation and he has written out our destiny so that we might succeed. It's, already, it's like God has laid out the book for you, the book of success for your life. He's made a plan. But even though God has chosen us, he doesn't violate our free will. He's chosen us. There's a book. There's a destiny that he's formed for you. But in that, he doesn't violate your free will, and it's not, he doesn't make our salvation automatic. You don't automatically just be born anew. We must choose to receive the wonderful plan that God has laid out for our lives through his son, Jesus. That is why it is so important that we must preach the gospel message to everyone. People need to hear the good news. God loves you. The Father loves you. He has a plan for you. He likes you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to give you a purpose. He wants to give you a hope. He wants to give you an opportunity to fulfill the plan that he has. And he God's desire is that no one go to hell. Hell is made for the devil and his demons. 
But when somebody refuses the good news of Jesus, they're choosing their eternity. God does not set this up so that all of a sudden he plans who's going to go where. You go here, you go there. It is all hinging on individuals having the opportunity to hear the good news and to receive Jesus as Lord in their lives. There's only one way, only, only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. It's not through any other um, false religion, new age movement, deeper understanding or revelation. It is through Jesus only. Only Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, when people hear the good news, they repent of their sins, they turn away from their old life, and they are born anew, born again. And that is fulfilling the destiny that God had made from the beginning of time that all might be saved. It is desire is for his family, all of his children, to come into the fold, to be a part of the family, and to, and to walk out their lives with him forever and ever. God has chosen everybody to be saved, but that doesn't mean it's an automatic switch that everybody is saved. There is a choice that we have if whether we want to choose the good news or not. We have to make this choice. Otherwise, if someone does not receive the good news, they are choosing their own destiny. The books that God had written for an individual's lives are not fulfilled, and they will go into eternity separated from God forever. That's a long time. Forever. They are choosing the God of this age, and not the God of life. And so in that, it is their choice, and they must choose him. So I, 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 I so, God is so incredible. He is so all-powerful, so all-knowing, so, so much um, amazing in the love that he extends to all of us. And he's able to do anything he wants. But he says, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to honor and respect the freedom, the choice that I've given man to make their own decisions. So as ministers, it is imperative that we share the good news with those around us. They must hear the good news so they have the opportunity to choose life. If they don't hear, they won't receive. How many people do we walk through in life and there's an opportunity for us to share the pure gospel of Jesus with where possibly they might choose their destiny at that moment? How many people do we just walk by in life? How many people do we 
just overlooked because maybe we're too busy or we don't feel any really, I don't feel led to do it. But the bottom line is, is that heaven will be populated with his sons and daughters if we choose to be his ministers and just share the good news of Jesus wherever we go. It is important. Destinies are in the balance. Eternity is in the balance for some. And we must preach the gospel, give the good message of Jesus so that the body of Christ is built up. And and you know what? There are two theological um, positions that I I think are really... uh, are a big hindrance for many people coming to know Jesus. One of them is one that I was raised up in as a Presbyterian. And Calvinism and the theology of Calvinism is predestination, which which believes that God is predestined who will be saved and who will not. So in that thinking... What it does is it is a disincentive for anyone to really want to go out and share the good news of Jesus because you're thinking, well, if God already knows who he's going to save and who is going to hell, predestined to be saved, predestined for hell, then why do I have to do anything? And I think that that is so contrary to the Scriptures. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, that all might be saved. He is there beckoning. He is there uh, reaching out to people that they might come to know the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in that, that theology is such, it, it, it hamstrings you. It's like, oh, why do I need to share Jesus? God's in control. He's sovereign. He knows all things. He knows who's going to be saved. And who's going to go to hell? I just think that's so contrary to the Scripture. Because what we've read here is that God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. He has destined us with a book about our lives. He loves us. Our Father wants us to be a part of the family. But it all is hinging on those that will hear the good news and receive it. And then your destiny is fulfilled. I, I, I have gotten to be so uh, awakened in my heart to the reality that the simple gospel of Jesus needs to be preached. I was in Home Depot just the other day. I love going to Home Depot. I know, I, I probably, I know Eliza would say, I always need to find an excuse to go to Home Depot. You know, I just... I just like walking down the aisles, you know, I look at that, oh, I like that, you know. But I'm there, I'm getting some plants, and um, there was um, a young person in there that working on the plants, and I just felt, I, I, I saw the person's life, and I saw, and number one, I saw that her, the arm from her shoulder down to her elbow, it looked like she had just taken a knife and just filleted her, her bicep. It, my heart just went out. I thought, oh, Lord. And, but then I felt God's heart for her. And I, I just felt, 
I, I felt so compelled just to share with her Jesus. Just simply share Jesus. So I said, all right, why don't you help me pick out, pick out some of these orchids? They were 50% off, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I got a couple orchids for my bride, so, you know, I was really excited. I said, help me pick out the best ones. So she helped me pick out the best ones. And so then, all of a sudden, I felt the Lord just begin to impress upon me to share Jesus with her. She was fixated. She was locked in. And I said, is this touching your heart that the Father sees you and he loves you? And he's going to heal your heart of all the pain that you've gone through. And she said, yeah, it is. A lot. She said, I'm actually a Christian. But I've, I've fallen away. And I need to come back to Jesus. beautiful moment of her hearing that Jesus loves her and he understands the pain. And in that, there was an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with her. It was a privilege. But you know what really motivated my heart? Was that for the first time I realized God desires that all be saved. He set up a wonderful destiny, but unless that person hears the good news, they won't have the opportunity to choose it. So I've got to do something. I'm just not going to walk by and all of a sudden just let that person's destiny be in the hands of whoever and whatever. I've got to do something. That's why Paul says, I am set apart as a defense for the gospel. It's not that the gospel has to be proven as true. It, the word defense actually means a plea. I'm making a plea to you to receive the good news of Jesus into your heart. And, and Paul's saying, I've got to make this defense. So in some ways, We've got to make a defense for the gospel wherever we go. Our lives are making a plea to say, you must turn and repent and receive the new life in Jesus Christ. The second position, theological position, that has sprung up in, in the last several years predominantly is universalism which basically believes that everybody's good and everybody's going to be saved. And there is no hell. So in that position, universalism basically is also a disincentive to share Jesus because if everybody is good and everybody is saved and there is no hell, then why do we need to, receive, to, to share the good news of Jesus? It's a lie. It's a lie. And I'm hearing more of it. People are just saying, well, God is good. Everybody's going to heaven. Why do I need Jesus? So these are, 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 are some real issues, I think. And another one is just the cares of life. People are just so weighed down with the cares of life that they're just, they just don't want to share. But we've got to get out of this. 
we've got to begin to realize that people need an opportunity to choose. And if they don't choose, it's because they're not hearing. So we've got to engage our lives wherever we are in the marketplace, in your job, wherever you are. We need to be sharing about the good news of Jesus. Paul said this, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Rocky, come here. I really like this T-shirt. And you know what? I want to wear this T-shirt in Home Depot because this T-shirt, I don't think he's ashamed of anything, do you? Ask me about Jesus. He's not ashamed because he knows Jesus is the good news unto salvation. I mean, come on. I want one. Don't you all want one of those? I mean, really, if you, if, if you can't share anything, wear the T-shirt. It just does it for you. So, good job. All right. Verse 5. For it was always in his perfect plan. Listen to this. Verse 5 of Ephesians. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Wow. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins. Are you guys excited that your sins have been totally canceled, obliterated, and removed because of Jesus? Is that good news to you? It is the cancellation of all of your sin all because of the cascading riches of his grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all ages finally reaches its climax. When God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ, verse 11, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. Come on, church, do you see that? Before we were even born, before the foundation of the world, God made your destiny. And guess what? It's good. He has a, he has a purpose and a mighty plan for your life. And it was It was in his heart for you all this time. And it's like, can you imagine a father that has such an incredible plan? 
for all of his children to walk in and find fulfillment. But it's all hinging on if his children are going to choose. Simply choose. When we don't choose, what we're doing is rejecting love. We were formed out of love before the foundation of the world. And when we don't, when someone rejects it, they're rejecting their own destiny, their own purpose, their, the, the love that is unconditional. I imagine it breaks his heart. Can you imagine God? I imagine his heart is broken when is breaking when his children who he has such an incredible plan destined for them, and they're choosing the God of this age rather than him. I imagine it it would break a father's heart. But we must share this good news, church. It's, it's It's not bad news. It's good news that people be saved and their sins be canceled forevermore. So listen to this. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Oh, my goodness. God has been so good to us, church. I mean, his heart is so big, and he has such vision for us. And it it, it is It's a tragedy to think that destinies are not being fulfilled because they're choosing to walk in the ways of this world and the God of this world. So God has given us a wonderful destiny that is set to succeed, but a person determines if their destiny will succeed by choosing of their own free will. They will either receive the good news or reject it. That's why we've got to be out there sharing this incredible, incredible news. You know, the family unit needs to be built up and encouraged. He wants families to come together and be united in love. That is why God, I believe, has led us to rename this church from King of Glory to Generation Church. Because God is looking after a family. A family that is full of children, that is full of of middle age and old age, and that we all are coming together as one family. Hearing the voices of the children this morning thrilled my heart. I'm like, it should be that way. It should be this way around, around the table, the dinner table. We got the whole family. There's noises, there's sounds, there's all kinds of things. But the bottom line is that we're a family. And God is wanting to to begin to unite the family as a generation before his return. He's looking for a family that loves one another and builds up each other, young and old. He's bringing us all together because we are all adopted into the same family. So let's look at verse 19. Look at this, verse 19 of Ephesians 1. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement 
of this immense power as it works through you? Is your life a billboard advertisement for people to read of his great power and love? I mean, come on, church. Is your life a billboard so that people can read it, and when they read it, they're like, I see Jesus. Can you imagine Seth Robinson having a billboard out on I-40, and everybody's driving by? Whoa, look at that advertisement. Look at it. I see Jesus. Can you imagine your life being displayed before people where people recognize there's something different about that person? I like what I see in that person. I see a reflection of Jesus. So is your life a billboard for people to read of his great power and love? Does your life demonstrate that? Is your life just a witness for him wherever you go? That's incredible that your life be an advertisement like a billboard. So I want us to shift gears and turn to Ephesians 1.17. We're going to land on this. Paul says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us as holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. God is make, Paul is making it very clear in this, in Ephesians, that we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And if there was ever a time in which we as a people need this revelatory gift, a spirit of wisdom, and revelation it is now. And that God would open the eyes of our hearts, actually the eyes of our understanding. That word for understanding means um, dinoia. Dinoia. It is, God is, it, Paul is praying, I pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and open the eyes of your dianoia, that you might understand the mysteries of God. It's a revelatory gift that Paul is saying that the church needs to begin to understand what God is doing right now in our time. That's why I said to try to figure things out in the natural mind right now and figure out all that's going on in our nation and all around us. Uh, it is maddening. And that is why the eyes of our heart need to be enlightened, need to be awakened, need to be able to see the revelation of God and what he's doing. In Daniel 9.20, the angel Gabriel came to Daniel because he needed revelation as he stood in the gap praying for God's people. He was standing there praying for Israel. And it says that 
in verse 20, that while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand. That's, that's the Hebrew word, bene, for understanding. He made me understand, bene, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I now come out to give you insight and understanding. Bina, understanding. He, he basically, what the angel of the Lord did is he touched his bina, or in the Greek, his dianoia. He touched his understanding, and he gave him a spirit of wisdom and revelation that he might understand the mysteries of God and know how to pray in the purposes of God for Israel. He enlightened his eyes. It's like Gabriel gave him a gift, a gift of understanding that he might know and understand the mysteries. And it says, verse 23, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. He was able to understand the vision because Gabriel gave him revelation. He gave him the gift of revelation to understand the vision that God was unfolding. So this prayer that Paul is praying has really captured my heart, and it started to become a daily prayer routine of mine where I'm asking God to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, to open the eyes of my dianoia, to open the eyes of my heart that I might see into the things of the spirit and discern things because of the spirit and not of this natural realm. Satan desires to keep God's people in darkness. His desire is to keep you in darkness and to blind the eyes of your heart from the truth of the gospel. So what is he doing? The enemy is trying to blind your dianoia. He's trying to put a veil over your dianoia that you do not understand and you do not receive the truth of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel. That's why sometimes when you share the gospel with somebody, it's like, it's like a cow looking at a new gate. Uh, I mean, it's just like they don't understand because their hearts have not been enlightened to the truth of Jesus. They've been blinded by, by the devil himself. He's blinding your understanding from knowing the truth. And it's through revelation that Jesus unveils it all shows you the light of the gospel, shows you your condition, reveals to you that you must repent of your sin and receive your new life in Christ. So in that, let me explain this. Ephesians 4, 17 says this. For this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth, you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding Darkened. That word understanding is dianoia. The devil is darkening your understanding so that you will not receive 
the gospel, and you're going to walk out your life blinded and in ignorance. So let's look at this. Having your understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They don't see. They don't see the truth. They don't see revelation. They don't understand things. Who are being passed, who being passed feeling, have have given themselves over unto lasciviousness <laughs> to work all uncleanness with greediness. Basically, we're being given over to the desires of our flesh because we're being blinded to the truth that Jesus is the way. When revelation comes to you, it means is he's removing the veil that you might be exposed to the truth in Jesus. He's taken the veil off of your eyes, the veil off of your heart, that you might discern the truth of Jesus. Without divine illumination, we would remain blind and ignorant in all of our ways. It is the illumination coming through the gift of a spirit of wisdom and revelation that is giving us understanding. But those that are blinded, the cross of Jesus is foolishness to them. They don't understand it. But that's why we must preach the good news of Jesus, that the veil be lifted off of them, and that for the first time they see the condition of their life, and they see the depravity, and they cry out to the Lord Jesus. Revelation is what enabled the Apostle Paul to preach the gospel with boldness. You know, the Apostle Paul received the gospel, the good news, through revelation and not through man. He didn't receive it through Gamaliel, who was his teacher, who was the, the head uh, Pharisee. He was not, he didn't learn the guy. He learned it through revelation. It says Paul was caught up. He was caught up into the heavenly realm, and he was shown mysteries from heaven. And so, the, the Lord spoke to Paul through revelation of the good news of Jesus Christ. So in that, when he, when he wrote to the Corinthians stating that, that their eyes, their ears, and hearts had not grasped what God had in store for them, but through revelation, the Spirit was going to make those blessings known to them. This is in 1 Corinthians 2.9. Revelation is one of the functions of the Spirit, according to Jesus. He said this. This is in John 16, 3. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Imagine that. It, the Holy Spirit, through the, his guidance and revelation, he will lead us into all truth. It's like, I, I believe that Truth is, is unfolding. Truth is Jesus, but the revelations of Jesus is unfolding in that it's, it's something where it says here, he leads us into all truth, and he will disclose to us the things to come. I believe that revelation is ongoing throughout our lifetime. Revelation is something that's going to be unfolding the mysteries of heaven. We're going to begin to understand things in a new way. When Jesus came into the world, it says in Luke 2.32, 32, 
He came as a light of revelation. Among other things, as, as a light of revelation, he's desiring to open your eyes that you might see and understand the light of the gospel and also to see your condition. What Jesus desires is basically to turn on the light, to all of a sudden help you just to see, oh my goodness, I did not know that. <laughs> all of a sudden you realize your condition and you understand things from his light and not the light of this world. But I, I, I'm growing to believe that we will not fulfill our assignments without a spirit of revelation today. We will not fulfill our purpose and our destinies without revelatory knowledge from God to know how to walk it out, to know how to implement our lives before God, and to live out our lives successfully, fulfilling the book that God has written for us. And in that revelation, I believe, is helping us see things from heaven's perspective. You know, I, I believe I believe that there are songs to still be written. I believe that there are uh, dances choreographed to still be made. I believe there are still paintings that are still to be made. I, I believe that there are, are new skyscrapers to still be built, businesses to be formed. I believe there are so many creative things that are to be released on this earth, but that is done through revelation. It is done through revelatory knowledge and seeing things. You know, I think one of the most beautiful things when you, when you read of, of, of some of the great composers and Mozart and, 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 and all of the, the composers of the past, many of them, when you, when you read about um, uh, Handel's Messiah and how it all came about, these individuals got this through revelation. They could hear the melodies and the sounds of heaven even before they were released on earth. And it's through revelation that creativity is released. It is through revelation that mysteries are made known. And in that, I believe that there's so much more that God wants to do. So my encouragement to you is this. I believe it's necessary for us to increase, to grow in a spirit of revelation for this day and age. I believe without a doubt that we are needing revelation right now to know, navigate right now the weeks ahead and the months ahead. We are needing revelation to know how to navigate in our workplace, at home. We need this divine impartation that Paul says is so important, that the eyes of our hearts be enlightened with revelation knowledge. I believe this should be a daily prayer of ours. God, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just want to read this prayer over you. I want you just to shut your eyes for a minute. I want you to make this your prayer.
Lord, I ask you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open my eyes to deeper spiritual truths and expose my mind to the mysteries of the kingdom. Today I ask that the Holy Spirit would take away the veil that has obscured my view. I ask that my eyes be open to see exactly what I need to know. I ask you to give me a real revelation about my life, my situation, and the truth I need to know right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it's... It would be kind of a, a, an amazing illustration if I had this right here. But if I had a big curtain that went all across right here, and I couldn't see you. I could tell and I could hear that you're on the other side. But I can't see you. I can't see your faces. I can't see your smiles. I can't see your mask. I can't see anything but I know you're over there. It's like I can almost taste it. And then what Revelation does, Revelation steps up and then opens up the curtain. And guess what? I see you now. I knew you were there, but now I see you. I like you, everything about you. Revelation opens up the curtain for your life and shows you the destiny that God has for your life. Isn't that cool? I think we need to be asking more and more wisdom and revelation that we might understand the mysterion, the mysteries of heaven, to walk out each of our destinies here on this earth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive, as God breathed, and it is the truth. And Father, I ask now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would now water your word and that, God, it would be planted in fertile soil in the hearts of your people. And I pray, as Paul prayed, that we would come to know that we would come to know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom. For Lord, your word says that you have given us the keys to the kingdom, to know mysteries. And I pray, Lord, right now for revelatory knowledge to come upon your people. I ask, Lord, that you'd open up our eyes we might see the good things you have in store for us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen.